the water cooler. With me, Stephen Dunn. And me, Davey Faulkner. Welcome to our fresh podcast. Brand new debut. Boom. Fresh off the virtual shelves. Now, what is this? Getting ears near you. Probably on your head, I'd hope. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. What do we hope to achieve with this podcast, Davey? What are our hopes, dreams, and ambitions? <laughs> Essentially to discuss all the things that we like and would discuss around the water cooler if we were at work together. Yeah. Which we're not. Which we're not, but we're working for six very similar places. With very similar mindsets. <laughs> working for the man. Ugh. Hating every second of it. So, to remedy that, yeah, we're just going to talk about some of the some of the things we've watched and played recently that yeah. we've enjoyed. See so, things in the news. what do we have coming up on today's show? Coming up, we're going to be talking about Avengers. Whoa! Big deal. The big, the big film that's come out recently. Big deal. We've both seen it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. We both love it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be talking about that. We're going yeah. to be talking about... We've got Daredevil, little yeah. offshoot from the whole uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. We're going pretty Marvel heavy in our <laughs> in the introduction. Show, we are, yes. Which yeah. says a lot about ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we have a bit of a music reviews and discussion. See, we're still cool. We're yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> we like music. Other I'm things. going to be talking about a album that's come out recently by this Aussie chick called Courtney Barnett. Very nice. Bad to say in an Aussie accent. That's a it. Terrible Aussie accent. <laughs> And I will be sort of reviewing, discussing um, Kendrick Lamar's latest album, The Pimper Butterfly. What a title. What a title. What a title. What a title. It's a great album cover too. It is. And then we'll be doing a roundup of the news, which coincidentally, there's pretty big news I don't at know the if time we're going to be this any other week, yeah, to be honest. Right. Here in Great Britain, our homeland, we've just had a general election. So we've got a lot to talk about on that. A very unsuccessful one. Up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it there. But first, Chewy, we're home. Yep. So unless you've been living in a ice cave on Hoth or a womp rat burrow in Tatooine, you will know the Star Wars trailer two has been recently released oh exciting exciting times I mean the first trailer was like this is a teaser trailer as well don't get me wrong but the first one really was like a glimpse a tease it It was a real tease whereas this one we've got so much more excitement so much detail so So much stuff things to think about characters it's ridiculous Uh, I I mean when it first came out I watched it and we've already played you the ending but that ending like the cheeky Look, the money shot. Oh, so amazing. Because like, I was sceptical to begin with about the three main characters from, you know, 4, 5, and 6. Because yeah, I, I, I assumed... We have horrible memories of Indiana Jones 4. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just assumed they were going to shoehorn that in just for, like, marketing and stuff. But, yeah. but that one... That one clip has, has yeah, changed that it's changed for me. everything. It has. Now I've never been more excited for a film. Nah, right. It's Christmas. A, what a Christmas present. That it's going to be fantastic. Uh, we've got one more clip from the um, trailer. This is the very opening. So uh, enjoy. The force is strong in my family. My father has it. sister has it. You have that power too. 
wowzers. Wow. Exciting times. Um, I didn't realise until quite recently that that audio clip of Luke talking, I assumed was original dialogue recorded for his trailer. Turns out it's from Return of the Jedi. So that's quite a nice little little segue into the new new trilogy there, which is quite nice of him, I think. And it worked really well. It did. Brought it all together. Who is he referring to when... When he says, you have that power too. <gasps> Who is it? Who's Who the new saviour? I bet it's Jar Jar. Potentially. <laughs> oh, have you heard? J.J. Abrams yeah. has um, talked about, he, he wants to sort of show a little Easter egg of uh, Jar Jar being dead. <laughs> just, just being dead. Just Jar Jar's like in corpse or something somewhere. <laughs> in shot, just in the background. Like not a plot point. Not a plot point. But he's discussed because of the hatred towards the character in the previous. I think fans would instantly... Love the film. It, yeah, I think it's the, fil- the winner, film could it? be absolutely bloody awful. Could be as bad, if not worse, than it Phantom Menace. It could be worse than the Phantom Menace. But as long as Jar Jar's gone, it. yeah. Oh. But no, there's a lot to discuss. There's a lot going on in that trailer. Not mm-hmm. a lot of plot. We, we can't work out who's where. I literally have what. no idea what the plot is. No, I don't think anyone does. No, it's really amazingly closely guarded. But we we've got we've been given like motivations, haven't we, of certain yeah. characters? Yeah. And, you know, only little things like you know. Why, why they are how they are in the trailer nothing beyond that yeah. so I mean we've heard a bit about one of, one of my favourite characters already purely because of the armour uh, Captain Phasma and the name I Captain love the name Phasma Captain Phasma uh, a, a lieutenant of the First Order I think yeah uh, First Order obviously being the um, sort of offshoot of the Empire yeah. after its destruction I, I think yeah so the Empire's become the First Order we believe and the Rebels have become the Resistance which isn't oh really big, they? Yeah. oh that's Apparently not a huge so. leap I, I would it's not considering that... both words basically mean the same <laughs> yeah yeah I was hoping that the the Rebellion would be like would now be like just the Galactic Republic again yeah and that they would have fully taken control but it well, seems it's been like you know 30, 40 years that's true so, so. that's true because I was expecting it yeah, all to be settled down and then just for a few remnants set but... up a whole democracy an entire galaxy that's, yeah that's you know, pretty a lot of effort a lot of groundwork needs to be done on yeah. that <laughs> that so many uh, spin-offs so many sort of uh, yeah available for that sort of uh, premise just trying to sort out the galaxy <laughs> one planet at a time democracy to the galaxy uh, but no, that's Captain Phasma is yeah one of the uh, one of the characters I've got mm. a particular liking towards definitely that was only a sort of recent surfacing I think because for a while there was speculation that Gwendolyn Christie who's playing Captain Phasma who was going to be a Sith who is Brianna Tarth on Game of Thrones of course podcast of course. Nicely. Uh, but there was rumours that she was going to be the second sort of Sith Lord and I was yeah. quite excited for that but th- this is a this is a good alternative I'm, I'm happy yeah it's casting. nice to have some sort of major villains and characters who aren't Force related. That is know? true. Because like that might be why Han Solo is quite so popular and so. Yeah, actually, so I reckon so. Yeah, People, you know, it's not all just Jedi's and Siths, which yeah. maybe the prequels relied on quite heavily. Yeah. So. Oh, they. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, yeah. they did. Yeah. Yeah. Let's so have some other characters and some silver. Yes. Armor is cool. I think. Ideal. Ideal. Pretty cool. What else is there? We also know John Boyega from Attack the Block. Yeah. Which is a film I really enjoyed. Love it. Is Love it. Definitely a stormtrooper. Before oh, in the that first, confirmed? In, yeah, it has been in the first trailer. I th- you saw him take off a helmet. Yep, looking like he was on the run, a bit panicked. I thought that he would maybe be disguised, a bit cool back to Luke. Yeah, in, I assume in that. Hope. Yeah, but no, he is. He is a stormtrooper. Ah, well, that could be very interesting mm. then. Um, I reckon because 
I mean, obviously, it's not going to be quite as um, like the first order. I can't imagine it's going to be as crazy all powerful as the empire was back no. in the day. So it could be a case of may- maybe people are seeing the first order in a more sympathetic light than they were seeing the empire now. Like, yeah, it's going to be interesting. So maybe what he kind of like, did universe it's in. Was he conscripted or did he join and? change his mind because you can't have a stormtrooper be the uh, main character well, just joined the job market's not very good nah oh, ever since that second death star blew up it's just yeah. people have been out of work yeah. all over the <laughs> all over the quadrant but um, yeah no, um, that should be I think he's, he's leading man material definitely yeah, given Attack the Block future. yeah I like that they're casting unknowns I mean they seem to have done a better job with it this time round than the uh, previous trilogy because Hayden Christensen Boy, he, he can't act. He, he can't act. <laughs> Have I you mean, seen the film? I think it's called Awake with him. Oh, yeah. He, doesn't he, um, isn't he like put under and he, yeah. he hears something, like a plot to... It's like a thriller yeah. where he's having surgery, but he's nice. awake. And then they're trying to... Yeah, it's... It sounds like a parody, doesn't it? It terrible. sounds like a spoof. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, he's, so they've already, like even though they're casting people that haven't, mm. haven't been typecast yet, which this film is bound to do, at least they've got their body of work is already you know yeah there we, we know they're going to be good actors Every, yeah all the new characters I'd say are really interesting mm. um, Poe Dameron as well Poe Dameron was he the sense? best fighter pilot in the galaxy or something yeah, at this point no, which sure I think Harrison him and Han Ford Solo they're going to have yeah they're going to have a bit of a a clash I reckon at yeah, some point there's been rumours that he is on a mission from Princess Leia to do ah. something Nice, nice. Keeping it vague. I like that they're keeping it vague because, yeah. I like, it It will be nice. With the film this big, spoilers are going to leak out, plot mm. points are going are gonna to get out there. But, no, it, it's nice to be given enough to be interested and have faith in it yeah. without too much being given away. So um, it's nice to look into it, but at least we're not being told too much. Yeah, exactly. It'd be nice and surprising. Yeah. It's a long way to go till... Christmas when it's yeah, released. Yeah, yeah, there's a fair bit of time. But um, if this trailer is anything to go on, no, it's, it's going to be great. Trust, trust JJ. <laughs> we also talk about not all the new characters are people and they're still as great with BB-8, Little the most BB-8. adorable ball oh. of wire you've ever seen. I didn't think they'd be able to top RTD2, but <laughs> somehow they have. A little rolling around <laughs> spherical gyroscope Thing. My favourite, one of my favourite scenes in the trailer is you see BB-8 poke his little lean, head, <laughs> lean, little lean. do a little Scooby-Doo lean Amazing. to see what's happening. So much the character just is built into what is essentially a ball looking at the corner <laughs> yes. and then looking back. That's it's crazy. But um, obviously that's building a lot on what people already know about RTD2 because we know how you know, how many expressions and things they, they get through the sound and everything like that. Yeah. So even just this little glimpse at BB-8, you know he's going to be a, an amazing character. He's going to be hilarious and yeah, nice little bit of comedy relief. And it is it is good that JJ has gone for the physical effects again, which oh, is yeah, something that's, that's heavily yeah. criticised. Yeah, I mean the, the CG is good enough now that they could probably get away with it more so than you know Phantom Menace and everything. Yeah. It wouldn't be as noticeable. It wouldn't have ages much. But still, it is. It, it's just out of respect, isn't it? That he's going so for the grounded look. It's always, but it always just seems so much more real in films. Yeah, yeah, it's always, always a good idea. And that was a hallmark do. of the first films. You know, that was why they were such a big deal. Is and why the they effects. still really have an age, unless you watch the most up-to-date versions. In George which, Lucas oh, is <laughs> horrifying, horrifying. <laughs> Done everything under the sun. What on I love the computer is them. in episode four, 
there's this side-by-side -side comparison on YouTube of the original footage. It's when R2-D2 is hiding from Obi-Wan because he yeah. doesn't know he's Obi-Wan yet. So R2-D2 is hiding. In the latest Blu-ray version, George Lucas has CG'd in this, this little extra rock for him to be hid behind. <laughs> That's the only difference. Why? A, just a little oh rock. Oh my God, it's George. Like, you what? <laughs> but anyway, you that's why it. actually I think it's good that J.J. Abrams has got the gig because he said he didn't want it because he respected the franchise. He was a fan. Yeah. He he wasn't. He didn't want to be involved. He was a fan. Mm. And I think, to be honest, that's good. It's good that he's a fan. He's going to treat it with respect, which is something that an established franchise needs. Yeah, definitely. Whereas George Lucas, I mean, he has no respect for I his mean, child. It's, it's he can do what he wants with it, but at the same time. You know, it, it's out of control. He, he wasn't worried about, you know, no. disturbing what's no. already gone. So I, I'm glad that JJ's helming it because it, it, it just sort of, you know, it, it comes. You know, there's going to be some respect behind it. You know, it's gonna, it's gonna pander to what we want rather yeah. than what Lucas wants. So that can't be a bad thing. After getting so excited for this trailer, I went back and watched the Phantom Menace trailer, thinking, oh, well, Was maybe this bad? is false. Maybe. Maybe Phantom Menace was this good, and we were like, "Oh, it's amazing." And then it really lets down. But that trailer is so bad. That's good to know. So That's bad. Good. It's uh, I don't know if it's just the, like a '90s thing, like early 2000s. You, trailers just weren't good. Then. No, that's true. Tra the art of the trailer has come on a bit. Since really, then. but yeah. even then, trailers have always been able to show the best bits of a movie and make any movie look good. Well, so if the trailer's bad, this had at least a cumulative 20 seconds of Jar Jar. Oh, on there. No. it's the bit where he licks the um, oh the little pod racer. Wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow! All I can think of, even as a child, when that, all I thought was that he would be dead. He would be a dead man. <laughs> Or dead Gungan, whatever he is. He, that was that comic relief. Even as a child, I I did not appreciate that moment, and I've grown to hate it more and more. I remember getting a Jar Jar Binks toy, like free in a series. I had like a little sticky head? tongue or something. Yeah, you could sort of hit people with it, and you could like squeeze it. This tongue would like somehow making the character an annoying outside of the screen, just <laughs> twatting your friends around the face with this oh. sticky Jar Jar tongue. It inevitably just got covered in hair and dust. That is true. <laughs> that is grim and true. Oh, do you reckon there'll be a Jar Jar equivalent in this franchise, or do you think they've, if they will? any sense? They, they well, they've already got the comedy characters yeah, in the droids the and, C, relief, in yeah. C3PO and R2D2 That's and R2D2 and BB8. They already had it. They didn't need another comedy character, yeah. and they're not inherently comedy films. That's true. No, no, they just need no. a little bit of humour here and there, don't they? Yeah, all the characters should be have a little bit of mm. humour rather than. Just, Putting it all into one character, which you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. no, enough about Jar Jar. Forget Jar Jar. Yeah. According to JJ, he may well be dead anyway in this new go. franchise. So yeah, there we go. But yeah, very excited. It should. I mean, I was I was doubtful when they announced yeah. it, but it looks on track. I think it's going to be the biggest film of the year. I'm oh, absolutely, not absolutely. Say on how Avengers is doing box officely. I think it probably needs a bit, a few more weeks to find out how it's sort of doing compared yeah, to the first one. But I mean, I even can so, see the Star Wars franchise is like it's ridiculous. I think it's, Star Wars will beat Avengers for the yeah. big film this year. Hands down, hands down, it's got to. It's there's hands, just too much hype. Hands down. Hands. Yeah. Hands. You see where I was going? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So. Is that about all we've got to say on the year? So, well, we, we will have a million other things we could discuss. I'm sure. If any more news that comes and out, I'm sure we'll be discussing in the, Yeah, in the ensuing weeks, we'll discuss uh, Star Wars Day. Oh, happy um, belated Star Wars Day, May the 4th, to all you listeners out there, yeah. if any of you celebrated it. 
fantastic celebration. Almost as big as Christmas. Almost. For me. <laughs> really? Well, it's got a better name than Christmas. Does, Christmas doesn't have does. any puns in it. No, that's true. That is so, true. Yeah, instantly. I could combine the two by watching four, five, and six back to back on Christmas Day. <laughs> Maybe that's something that for always, this year. Yeah, sure. This Christmas. Well, on to the next order of business. Avengers. Yes, from one massive franchise to another. That's where the our interests lie. Oh, exciting. The long-awaited sequel to uh, 2011's Yeah, it's been three Avengers. years. Is it 2011, was it? Uh, or 12? No, 2012. 12. So, yeah, it has Not been, even that long. It's been three years. Long-awaited. How many films have so been films films between, between them? them yeah. How many Marvel films have been between Avengers? It feels like there's been it's four. been ages. Oh, has, has it been four? I think. It, it feels like there's been so many. Thor 2. Guardians. Guardians. Iron Guardians. Man 3. Captain America 2. Yeah. That might actually be it. So not a huge amount, and but for three years. all of that S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff on telly. Oh, yeah, that's true. I've not watched, because I've watched a few, no. and it was pants. Yeah, no, I heard. I mean, I've heard it's hit its stride, but then you have to invest oh, in the first yeah, like, two seasons. There's too much to watch on telly at the moment. So you might as well, well start with time. Yeah, exactly. But um, no, this uh, Age of Ultron... Very, very enjoyable. Very good. It was. Uh, I, I think I when I came away from the viewing, me and David went to see it at the cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, he was extremely enthusiastic about it. Me not so much when we walked out. I think a lot of that was. I don't know. I think I was hung up a bit on the first Avengers and how when it came out, that was like a big deal. Like, that was huge. It, it wasn't like. Yeah. It wasn't. Oh, this is an existing franchise and here's a big movie. It was like this is the first time they tried to cram it all into one. They've ever done anything like that. In sort of cinema history, no. really, to have multiple films all in the same Huge. franchise universe. Such a gamble. Not just the comic book thing, but just doing that in a film. Actors, contracts, crew. Yeah, like the whole... crazy how they actually pulled it off. And they did really well. Mm. It wasn't a train wreck. It was a and superb film. That's why I saw it as better than it was. Yeah. And I came away from Avengers 2, there wasn't that hype there, and I was like... There wasn't the wow, there were all these characters in the same film. Yeah, but having said that, I mean, they did extremely well. The the film is great. I've I've thought about it, and it is a fantastic movie. I don't know. I thought, straight up coming out, I thought, I I instantly thought this is a better film than the first one. I wasn't sure if I preferred it, but I think I do prefer this one to the first one which I'm pleasantly yeah because yeah. I really didn't think I would no no I thought it would suffer just too much from the same old same old and yeah. uh, some of it I must say I've got a couple of grievances like the um, the humour it, it felt a bit more shoehorned in like that's what they knew we were expecting just yeah few, they still had the sort few, of just a few jokes weed and ass yeah. just snappy one liners yeah some of them did many. you know they weren't great some of them but when they worked Again, they worked extremely well, yeah. just like the first film. So I think maybe trying to play back to the first one and its level of humour a bit too much, but mm. they, you know that's bound to happen in a, in a film with so many characters who have got room for so many funny lines. You're bound to get oversaturation of it, yeah. I mean, and even more characters than the first one. The yeah, new, of I course, thought the yeah. new characters they added were brilliant, they, very well handled. Yeah, again. considering they can't talk about the whole mutant thing. Yeah, they did extremely well to bring them in. Handling of the character Quicksilver obviously different to yes, the one in the recent X-Men film yeah. Days of Future Past yeah. I mean that scene in Days of Future Past the, that the made the film I think bottle that. or whatever it's called that is a crazy crazy scene that was incredible it's, 
and that's I did I I did come away thinking I wish there were more slow mo quicksilver scenes because they had like with the cameras and equipment they got yeah the slow mo they could produce would be like they did like some of the scenes that were crazy good not not quite so much involving just quicksilver though there's a lot of sort of montage slow mo shots and stuff but, yeah so I was hoping for a bit more of that showing off his power but then in an ensemble film we can't have that really can you mm-hmm. and also it would draw comparisons to Days of Future yeah. Past which I like they the, don't want to do the character as well obviously completely different himself. completely different background yeah. different person cool outfit. I really liked the character in uh, X-Men yeah little kid hyperactive and everything yeah but yeah in this obviously he's like sort of slightly older um, playing sort of like Eastern European a bit, yeah that was a good know, twist quite cocky really a bit darker obviously yeah um, yeah. yeah really really good I, it's brought back Aaron Taylor Johnson in my mind from being a terrible because <laughs> after, after seeing him in Godzilla I thought this guy you wouldn't be able to think any other way I think it's, with the script he had yeah you, you come I, away from that thinking maybe think maybe it wasn't his fault that no, he's just no. I think I've Captain yeah I've always Doctor sort of Wood. championed him a bit ever since I saw him in Kickass. I think he's yeah. a great actor. Um, but it seems to, to play similarly sort of cocky roles, of, you know, in a few of these films. But uh, and Godzilla was extremely weak as far as a sort of actorly performance. Yeah. But the, yeah, this is a great time, wasn't it? It was it was very well done. I think well played, yeah. yeah, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch yeah. as well, yeah. Elizabeth Olsen who plays his wife in Godzilla they've gone from playing oh, yeah. in a very um, I don't really know the comic book sorry but I know that they have a very sort of close odd right, relationship yeah, no, yeah. so portraying them might have been a little little nod a little nod to that <laughs> and they were very they were oddly close in the film yeah so that's true like, they, yeah. they played that well the villain what did you think of Ultron he's no Loki no, not as enigmatic. He's still for a, for a machine, for an AI. Yeah, he had a, he was an extremely sharp sense of humour. Really funny. Yeah, and very delivery. Starkish, which yes. was good. Yeah, considering the origins. Of, of we don't go into too much detail. But no. The origins of the villain that yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah. it's very yeah. good that he's got the sort of same wit that um, Tony Stark, played yeah. by Robert Downey Jr., has in the film. And I just think, I mean, you know, the, the rogue AI has been done a million times before, so I don't think they got hung up too much on it. They were just like, here's here's the bad guy, this is how he came yeah. about, get on with it, you know. A bit, it reminded me slightly of how um, Looper, which is, is one of my one of my favourite films, but the way that's a time travel movie, but right at the beginning they, they say, right, like, this is how it works. Yeah, yeah, it's a load of rubbish and it's been in loads of films and ideas and stories, but... It's just a setup. It's yeah. just a setup, which is exactly what they did with Ultron. It's like you know, here's a character you've, you've sort of know before, you've seen it. I mean, two thousand one, we've we've all, most people have seen that, and it's pretty much exactly the same setup. But yeah. they give it to you. They it, they play it off against the Avengers as well, isn't it? It's just you know one unified bad guy, born out of Stark's sort of egotistical need to mm. fix everything, and um, it, yeah, I think they did uh, pretty well. And then it gives the opportunity for for loads of those because um, he's got like an army of sort of uh, Iron Man clones. Iron he? Man. Well, it's I think it's similarly. He style, said it's sort of Stark's egotistical thing. I yeah. think uh, it sort of ties in quite well to Iron, the end of Iron Man three, where you know, if you've not watched that yet, then you know you've had a while. So okay, yeah, you're not, yeah. We're not going to worry about spoilers no. for that. But the end of that, he decides to retire, which is yeah. weird. How he's straight back out of retirement in this without yeah. any little no bit mention. of jump there. But he does make mention that he is trying to 
he's worried about the events of the first Avengers where yeah, you know, he's, very, he's worried about the force coming through yeah. that's gonna you know these aliens are out there and stuff and yeah. he's worried that it's gonna be a force one day that the Avengers aren't gonna be able to stop and they're not gonna be able to do it forever so he needs to set, he needs something that can, is gonna protect the earth the, when he can't yeah. so that's really his motivation behind yeah, that's true yeah. setting this up it all goes horribly wrong terribly wrong with incredible set piece consequences yes yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It is great. I mean, the um, the highlight for me is Hulk versus Hulkbuster. Yeah, I mean we've seen it um, in the trailers. Yeah, I mean, they showed it featured was, heavily in the trailers. Yeah, there was big hype about it, and it is an incredible but fight the, scene. The trailer did keep back some of the best parts of that fight. So yeah, really, again, yeah. the humour in that still worth going to watch, people. Yeah, we won't again. I think next next podcast, two weeks time, we yeah. will. Talk about some more things in the happen in the film in detail. Some of the plot points. Obviously, I really want to talk about how this is setting us all up for Captain America three, which, Civil War. Civil War, which has very mm. recently, I think, yesterday on day of recording, so that would be on Thursday, on the seventh of May, there was announcements of yep. who's been cast for that film. Yeah, which is very interesting, having seen Age of Ultron, who's lined up in that. Oh, uh, what. And that key sort of yeah there's, yeah. A, there's a really great scene right at the end of Age of Ultron where you sort of see sort of all, like the, all a, the characters that are in the universe yeah. and you go and then it leads up and you think they've all basically everyone in this film has been confirmed for the really uh, al- almost nice almost so. everyone there's a couple of the big characters which fair enough because it's yeah. not you know an actual Avengers film but a lot of the sort of newly introduced characters and stuff all in there so it's going to be sort of almost another Avengers film really it's very yeah, exciting pretty much I mean they're, they're really they're going to have to start expanding things because it, all of the different stories are bleeding into one another yeah. now it's getting to that point where it's all Which reaching a pinnacle I think is good because I think after the first Avengers that is something that was like well, why wouldn't that character do that I know in Thor they did it really well yeah. where they have a little cameo from Chris Evans playing where Loki oh, imitates yeah, yeah, Chris, yeah. So Chris that, Evans does an impression of Tom Hiddleston yes. uh, yeah. yeah really really well done that. Yeah. that's funny um, but in things like the Iron Man 3 mm-hmm. you think well where's Captain America yes yeah, they, do, make, they make a big deal actually of um, War Machine which is what's he called oh Rudy. I can't remember the name of the yeah but you're quite right they do Iron they, Man's buddy they, they, make they basically make him Captain America they paint him up in the Stars and Stripes and it's like yeah. Yeah, hang on a minute that's Captain America why, why, why isn't he in this film yeah yeah it, yeah, it, it, it would be nice if there was sort of a little bit more mention of other yeah. sort of yeah no absolutely um, and I think because of the plot points as well I mean with the Infinity Stones and all that jazz I mean most people are up to date with the Infinity Stones and uh, this various... film this film did do a good job without there's one character in particular actually that does get a little bit caught up in set up for the next films and I won't talk about it too much but yeah. one one particular character has his own sort of little side quest in this film which is almost a little bit too set up yeah for the film but yeah for the most part it does handle it quite well and manages to kill itself as an actual plot line itself as its own sort of it's its own film without being too it is without, this is set up yeah because I mean that's in regards to like the next Marvel film was our Ant-Man I mean yeah it's going to be so different it's going to be and Edgar Wright sort of left because things were being dictated a bit too much within the 
cinematic universe. You yeah. Know, the, the producers wanted it this way and that way. Uh, whereas with the Avengers, they've plotted this out for a while, so they can do a really good job of of not making it seem like a just a service to another film. Yeah. Because obviously, know, in interviews, Joss Whedon has said that he was very conscious of yeah. um, films like Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back, where you know at least on a massive cliffhanger, it's yeah. all set up for um, Return of the Jedi. It was. You know, conscious that is a great film, but that is a criticism of it. So you yeah. try to avoid that, and it is. I think he's really pulled it off. It's the film's self-contained. It's got its own thing. Definitely. He, I think he tried to make it so you wouldn't have have to see the other Marvel films to enjoy this film, which I think largely you could go into this without a lot of background. Yeah. I think you probably you wouldn't you enjoy it nearly as much, but I think he has achieved that, which is really impressive. Yeah, it's a, it's an excellent job. I mean. Uh, the thing, I'm I'm a bit confused really because uh, Whedon's not returning for no um what is it Infinity War Infinity parts one Wars and two part one and two yeah he's not returning which because they've got the the is the Russo or Russo brothers doing Captain America three yeah. Civil War and then aren't they also yeah. directing oh really I'm not one hundred percent I didn't know that I might have to research that now <laughs> but I was under the professional impression, podcasting people but I was under the impression. The Russo brothers, because they, I mean, they they've knocked it out of the park with Winter Soldier. Yeah, that, that was is an incredible my yeah. favourite Marvel film. Oh, really? Purely because yeah. of the hand to hand combat, it's the same. And and the bad guy is. It's, I yeah. love the Winter Soldier. It like just I don't know. He's so moody and the music and everything. Oh yes, they will be directing Avengers: Infinity War Part One and Two, which only come out a year after. Yeah, Avengers I thought there's more of a gap. Only comes out, so that would be really good. I think. Yeah, would be a nice little. Also, in, at least part two will be filmed entirely in IMAX, like wow. IMAX cameras. No, no conversion, just solely IMAX cameras. I've never seen an IMAX film. It's gonna be massive, like I just physically and mind-blowingly massive. For our listeners that don't know, we both live in um, Devon, a small rural county. It's actually the second biggest county in England, but yeah, it's with very... two coasts, the only the only county yeah in England. Fact two coasts. But alas, there's not a huge IMAX theatre in Cosmopolis <laughs> population and no. civilization going on here. I keep meaning to go to an IMAX so film. I've never had the but chance. But we have to. to we have to mission it. What the nearest place is? Probably oh, oh, Bristol. Over an hour, which is over an hour's drive yeah. from us. Even then, I'm not even sure they show actual films at that one. I think that's still the educational one. So oh. you won't get <laughs> Avengers. Hey, You'll yeah. get. Journeys to the deep of the ocean. Oh, I think two. I saw something about dinosaurs. It's yeah. at the science museum there. There's like the at Bristol place <laughs> but where they yeah, but maybe they'll show Jurassic World then. Hopefully, oh, fingers crossed. Which we will be discussing honestly, in a later podcast. We will definitely because I'm very excited about that. Very excited. Right, um, I think it's probably just about time to wrap up and move on. Yes, uh, we will return to Age of Ultron uh, in the next couple of weeks just to sort of uh, get a bit yeah. further in depth into it and, uh, yeah because there's a lot I want to talk about in this film yeah. but I'm aware, I don't want to spoil it for people no, we so. don't want to be that uh, we don't want to be that podcast you have, ruins things you have people. your you have your warning yes. come back to us two weeks time yeah. we will spoil everything for you going you over everything it. in nitty gritty details yes. so we're going to stay in the Marvel Cinematic Universe now and talk about Daredevil bum 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 <laughs> So, f- moving on from about 70 different superheroes to just a one, one in its own show. Daredevil. No team-ups. What's his name? <laughs> What's his name? Matt Murdock. Matt, that's the one. Matt Murdock. Uh, the rules are 
if you're a superhero, you have to have a name that has alliteration in it. It, it just is. Clark Kent, I think, set that precedent long ago. If you're a superhero, you'd be something like Dan Dunn. Yes, that's great. I can get behind that. What, what are your powers? Um, getting jobs done on a timely manner. <laughs> Which is strange, because that's like you don't really do very that's, well in life. To, that is to keep up the appearance. My alter ego is <laughs> extremely efficient. nothing done. And getting stuff done, whereas I get nothing done. And so Stephen Dunn can remain an ordinary guy just just to walk about the streets yeah. and the Dunderbolt. <laughs> there you go. That's reinventing The Dunderbolt gets things done. Our listeners with hearing as astute as daredevils might have picked up <laughs> that we sound a lot better now. A that lot is clearer. because we've we've added a new microphone halfway through the show. Woo! We are Our upgrading already increasing like evolving. Tenfold. Just like Ultron would. Yeah, so exactly. There you go. We're now speaking through vibranium microphones <laughs> to perfectly isolate sound waves and yeah. Ideal. Oh, deal. Back to Daredevil. Back to Daredevil. <laughs> there's no vibranium in Daredevil. No, no vibranium. Um, in fact, there's not a lot of superhero stuff for a superhero fil- um, TV show, to be no, fair. There's not very much a hero. A lot more grounded hero. than uh, most of the... Uh, well, the TV shows all seem, to be fair, to be a bit more like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean, obviously they've got crazy powers and stuff, but yeah. it's more the exploration of the like of S.H.I.E.L.D. itself. The other, what's the Agent Carter as well? Yeah. They're, they're all a bit more like the, the the sort of offshoots of... The world, what the world's like within the Marvel yeah. Cinematic Universe. Which it, it kind of fills in the gaps, doesn't it? It kind of fills in... If it the, does feel left out in You've the got films, the blocks, which are the films, and they fill it all in, and it all it's all stuck together with the TV shows and all the ancillary stuff, isn't it? These it, are like the little work. four square blocks of yes. Lego in the Marvel Universe. That's whereas, it. you know, the other one's set to the big... You know, eight blockers. Yeah, oh, oh. it all fits nicely together. Exactly. Uh, but I'm really enjoying Daredevil. Um, uh, yeah, we've we've both watched it all. It's, it's been available on Netflix. The whole series in one go. It's quite I quite think, a new thing. Yeah, and I think it, it binge watching. I don't know. It, it it does work because it gets you really invested. I think from the off, like rather than a slow burn open where you have to wait a couple of weeks to find out if you're really interested. Yeah, you watch a couple of episodes in a day. It's more one. It's more likely to get you hooked, and two, like if you really enjoy it, you, you're just gonna get instantly like, like not yeah, obsessed, you're but you're gonna yeah. get you fixated. Watch three in a row. Yeah, so. yeah. Which I think gives the show a bit more freedom in that it can have episodes. And there's one episode of Daredevil where he spends a whole episode just injured. Yeah, which, yeah, is, which is, is nice and real. It's like he gets beat up in these things. He doesn't instantly get better. No, and they no. can spend a whole episode of Jim just lying on a couch being injured which you know a lot of the show was weekly it probably couldn't get away with that because people would go that's a really boring that is true as well yeah and that would be that that for a week and then you have to wait another week until another one I also find that their um, overarching plots seem to be a thing more with Netflix shows whereas you get like you know with the X-Files on telly you got an overarching plot but each week there was normally like a mini plot within that and it was that normally took precedence and then towards the end of the series yeah. you'd get the big arc um, come around again whereas with all these Netflix shows like Daredevil you've got like it's a very strong big picture mm. episodes and can end on cliffhangers yeah. and they're not afraid yeah. to do that and because they know that the audience is there to just keep watching and they the audience will follow the plot more rather yeah. than waiting week by week and having a new story each week because yeah, that's all we can retain you know it, it gives it a bit more freedom storytelling wise it's also previously on daredevil yes yeah, yeah oh. get a little bit yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, 
but no, I love it. The tone is perfect. It's very right. post Nolan. Yes, yeah, definitely. definitely. Very dark, gritty, and but I mean, there is comedy, which is nice. Yeah, not ca- too forced, which is no. excellent. They've got like the one character. They've got Foggy. the comedy character, which I didn't like at first. No, but I he, he was too much of a, like just a yeah. you know, a comedy character. He's a fool. But no, he do, he does develop, and he is you know a good good. They definitely all, all of the characters. That is one thing they all get both in their sort of superhero forms and you know sort of streetwise or ordinary forms. They they've all been given like much more solid backstory and growth compared to something you'd get in one of the Avengers films. I yeah, guess. well, they, they've got the more time. time. Got, there's more time. You know, yeah, thirteen hours to do this. Yeah, so and it's not all about the spectacle. I mean, you do get big moments, like in mm. episode two, um, you've got the big long shot fight scene, which yeah. people have been discussing on social media and stuff. I mean, that's like it's that's fantastic. a really big set piece. But again, it's pretty minimal, scene. isn't it? I mean, it's a big yeah. flashy. Like to film, it would have taken quite a lot of effort. Yeah. But the actual visuals are a lot more gritty and uh, yeah, kind so of real bare bones. grounded. Yeah. So um, no, it's a refreshing uh, change of pace, I think. Talking and about the length of time they've uh, sort of allowed to build characters, mm. which has particularly benefited the villain in Daredevil, yes. which is, to my mind, the best villain in the whole Marvel for universe sure, so for far. Sure. He's, He's got the most depth. incredible when so he reveals good. his sort of powers which then you know he's just incredibly strong he's just, and he's just a big a beast. guy he's just a beast and big guy who's angry yeah yeah um it's they juxtapose that with his like incredible shyness at the very the very first time you see him yeah which is a, another thing which is amazing is you see him for the first time in episode three right at the end of the episode mm. Before that, there's no mention of him. Well, there's mention, but there's no yeah. sight. There's only passing comments about to him pulling is, the strings, yeah. and which I think, I mean, that that was a that was a big move. You know, there was yeah. no advertising related to him. Claude, it's a show. A big... They could have really gone down the sort of source material and just gone. You know, this is just a big bad guy. Yeah, he's like you know in charge of all the business. He's just a shady character. He's bad. It could have been so two dimensional with it, and instead they've really developed him done like all aspects of the character and at some points even you know you you're oh, like on the I, side yeah, of the villain half yeah the time, absolutely because he's, he's got his own he's got his what they set out quite nicely and it seems like he's in control early on in the season and by the end you sort of realize that he's yeah. he's actually still having to fight himself he's on top but he's he's still having to sort of battle with the other sort of shady characters within yeah. the within hell's kitchen and that that's amazing because it makes you root for him. Like even though he's a bad guy, it does make you root for him. Um, even when he went up against um, Daredevil the first time, I sort of they, there was enough invested in mm. the Kingpin that I didn't, you know, I didn't mind so much that he got like Daredevil got beaten the shower. I, I, <laughs> didn't, I didn't mind it quite so much as I would have. Which is a real testament because yeah. he does some terrible, he really bloody yes, terrible yeah, things. Yeah. Easy. No, it's yeah. great storytelling. I mean, savage definitely for me is the highlight of the show, and oh, he's yeah. the yeah, he like for me the best sort of yeah MCU villain that they've Perfectly played. come up with so far. And he's not even like he's not a, he's not a super villain by any stretch of the imagination. No, he's just, he's a just, just a big uh, boss. Yeah, yeah, but played extremely well by um, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, That's who cool. um who was most famous for Private Pile from Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket, yeah. yeah. Really got some acting chops, that fella. He does. <laughs> Great. 
No. I love the little um, just going back to sort of the tie into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. There are little references. Like yeah, there's very lot clever, of Easter eggs in it. Sort of placed. I like some some of the more obvious ones, even where they're just saying like, "Oh, how the gang bosses, or how have you not stopped this Daredevil chap?" It's like not like he's waving a magic camera or flying yeah, around in yeah. an iron suit. It's great. It's very well done, and isn't there, it? There are little you know reflections to that. Yeah, yeah, not too obvious because that you know that's the flip side of it is if you shoehorn too many references in in amongst all these little side projects it's just going to become you know convoluted but it's yeah they, they handle it really well and um, it does make for mm. nice little easter eggs doesn't it he's kind of listening out and going yeah yeah that's that's right got, there's like a picture of Stanley in the police station he's a police officer oh so really he's not in the show uh, but nice yeah. That's, yeah, yeah I liked how the reporter in the show the name escapes me now but when he's trying to tie it all together he's got his yeah. board with a string and he puts the king card at the top puts a pin in it obviously uh, king pin nice because they never actually call um, no, no. Fisk Wilson Fisk who's the villain they never actually call him kingpin but that no. is obviously who the character is yeah but they don't actually call him yeah. that which is a nice little touch I think are we allowed to mention the ending if you don't want to know the ending of Netflix please Fast. Go binge watch it now. Pause this and watch. Netflix. Go watch it all. Hear it. Yeah, and then come back and resume. Um, I think because I was hoping I was really at the end. Essentially, Kingpin's dealt with. He's he's locked away, isn't locked he? Locked away. He's like again not... reminiscent of the Dark Knight, where the Joker is in the SWAT van. Yes, he's got men on the inside. Yeah. So I think this will be the emergence of the Kingpin in yeah. the seasons, but uh, possibly season three, if. My, well, if my theory is correct, we know there's definitely a season two of Daredevil. Yes. Before yeah. we get to that, we have some other characters coming in, which are all going to be another little television universe, which we'll get onto in a minute. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Could very well be the sort of develop development of the character because now he is properly he's a criminal now. Yes. Everyone knows it because I think that was quite nice in that he was the kingpin and things were simmering under the surface. It was kind of his right. It is his rise to power, isn't it? Yeah, essentially, like he's already fairly powerful from episode one, but he's still you know he's, he seems fairly young he's you know dealing with new situations things like that so it's um yeah and the fact that we've spoken more about kingpin than we have about daredevil is yeah, a testimony to how just how well the villain's written and like, you should say great. um the character of matt murdock and daredevil is acted really well by charlie cox charlie cox yeah, yeah he does yeah. a really good job he's a, yeah really really good there i think the um, is, the whole the lawyer thing, the whole law firm. There's not a lot of lawyering is, going on. No, either. at the beginning, I thought. Why don't that's we start? Let's start getting customers. Yeah, Let's yeah. Just never do any well, lawyering thought, for anyone. Because in the first two episodes, they really pushed that. Yeah. I felt they pushed that they mm. were lawyers and they were just starting to sort of give up on that a little bit. And towards the end, it becomes just a plot device to sort of uncover Fisk, doesn't it? Yeah, it becomes more to do with that. Do it the legal way. Yeah. You know. Rather than right actually way. just showing them day to day doing their lawyer duties, it sort of yeah. just becomes a plot device. But um, yeah, they sort of really push it at the beginning, and it's quite a nice feel to it. I thought it was going to splinter off and be like sort of a procedural drama with the Daredevil as well, but it, um, no, it definitely shifted more to the superhero sort of vibe towards the end, mm. didn't it? And yeah, speaking of which, the um, the defenders the defenders not to be confused with the avengers these are <laughs> simply concerned with defense and defending <laughs> um essentially i mean the vibe i'm getting from that is it's basically going to be the avengers for netflix yeah or for television. so we've got daredevil which has come first yep. we're going to get another season of that but before that i think they're going to do 
aka Jessica Jones. Yes. Played by Jessica Jones, the character, apparently is a superhero, an ex-superhero, suffers from post-traumatic stress. Wow. um, Who forms a detective agency to help superheroes. Ah, nice. Um, that's played, she's played by Kristen Ritter, who you might remember from Breaking oh, Bad yeah. as Jessie's girlfriend. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Who puked <laughs> yeah. and died. <laughs> Horribly. Yeah. Well, Incredible show. Walter White Watch. She'll also be teaming up with Luke Cage in that. Yep. Who is an ex-con who has superhero strength and unbreakable skin. So, you know, getting a little bit more that's, out there. That is definitely, yeah. And there's know, quite so a actual specific power as well. Who fights crime in Hell's Kitchen. Ah, so nice. It's all set in that sort of area. New York. New York sort of, yeah. yeah. And then they're going to have Iron Fist, who's a martial arts expert. That that's, is... That's, you know, there's less, less about this guy. I really hope that they've got the same team on board for the choreography as yeah, they have for Daredevil, because cool. that could be... That that could be worth watching mm. if they. And well, then right. they will all be teaming up in a mini series of the Defenders. Oh, is it going to be a mini series to yeah, start with? Yeah, apparently and that's so. probably for the best because um, it's not quite as sort of surefire as yeah. The it's Avengers rather than having a one-off mm. film with everything going on, it's going to be they have to keep the characters together yeah. for a sustained period. And I tell you what, I don't know how they they keep tabs on everything, all these developments, all these scripts yeah. being written, and they've got to, someone's job is to. Well, it's Feige's job, isn't it? Isn't yes, it? Feige's yeah. Just keeping tabs on everything. That must be he a must headache. Have one heck of a whiteboard. Yeah, <laughs> just everything drawn on it. Yeah. Uh yeah, that uh, should be pretty good. And going going by the standards of Daredevil, I mean, Agents of Shield, and I've I've only heard bits and pieces, but they don't really appeal to me. Whereas I actually no. decided to sit down and watch Daredevil. So yeah. if they've and it was yeah, it's great the choreography, the lighting, every you know the storytelling. So hopefully they keep that ethos up for the uh, the rest of them. So if the you're a fan of television as a whole, do check out Daredevil on Netflix. Which you know everyone has. So. Excellent. You shouldn't have problems watching that. And now on to music. Yep. So this week we've both picked an album each, and this is what we're going to be doing every week. I've gone for Courtney Barnett's debut album. Sometimes I sit and think, and sometimes I just sit. And nice. Stephen. I've gone for Kendrick Lamar's new album, uh, To Pimp a Butterfly. Two excellent titles there. So we're going to start off with Courtney Barnett. Here's a little snippet. Now we got that percolator. Never made a latte greater. I'm saving $23 a week.
two cars to park in Or a lot of room for storage if you've just got one That was a little selection of songs from Courtney Barnett's album. Sometimes I sit and think, and sometimes I just sit. Great so, album name. It is great. I think it really sums up the album as well. And it's sort of very laid back and effortless almost, but still very witty. Definitely, I would say, you, you saying effortless there, that her vocals are very much like lilty it's, and kind of yeah. spoke almost like, like a spoken quality, isn't it? Mm. It's got that sort of lo-fi grungy sound to it yeah it just makes it sound very cool it's a yeah. very cool album and you can, i hope i picked tracks there that sort of pick up some of the sort of witticism she does throughout it yeah i mean she just sings about anything nothing in particular it's just talking about coffee machines big garages swimming nice getting frizzy hair you know just modern day struggles <laughs> but it, it, ne- it never sounds stupid or no, annoying no it just it is what it is and I really really like it yeah. so yeah if you like any of that go go and check it out it is great I must say I haven't really like I haven't listened to the album as a whole but having listened to like the radio to and from work I've, I can't remember which station it would have been I but, which station but I definitely it, have caught sort of uh, snatches of her music and it's, it has really stood out it's like instantly grabs you so I can mm. see why she's sort of making making waves at the moment, you know. She's she's getting a she's getting pretty popular, isn't she? Yeah. Well, she's got pretty lauded by Pitchfork recently. Oh, really? So yeah. that's always good. A good uh, jumping off point, isn't it? So now I'll hand over to Stephen for his review of the week. Yes. Yeah. This week, um, I will be discussing. Well, yeah, just a sort of a brief listen to Kendrick Lamar's latest album, "To Pimp a Butterfly." A little bit of discussion around it. Um, uh, here's the here's a clips. 20 million walking out the court, better whoa, whoa. Oh, yeah, fuck the judge. I made it past 25, and now I was a little nappy headed nigga with the world behind him. Life ain't shit, but a fat vagina screaming, Annie, are you okay? Annie, are you okay? Limitin' it with the gold play straight from the bottom. Mr. Belly at a beast, from a peasant to a prince to a motherfucking king. Oh, yeah. Bitch, where you and I was. By the time you hear the next pop, the funk shall be within you. Once upon a time in a city so divine called Westside Compton, there stood a little nigga, he was five foot something. God bless the kid, took his homie to the show, but this is what they said. Fuck am I supposed to do when I'm looking at walking licks? The constant big money talk about the mention and foreign whips. The profit chest and passport, presidential glass for gold bottles, gold models, giving up the ass for. I'm leaving. No, you ain't shit. You say you love him. I know you don't mean it. I know you irresponsible, selfish. You deny you can't help it. Your trials and tribulations are burden. Everyone felt it. Everyone heard it. Multiple shots, corners crying out. You were deserted. Where was your antennas again? Where was your presence? Where was your support that you pretend? Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright. Nigga, we gon' be alright. And when I wake up, I recognize you looking at me for the pay cut. Bahamas, I be looking at you from the face down. One Mac 11, even room with the bass down. Oh, shit. I need that. 
Cause you hate me, don't you? You hate my people, your plan is to terminate my culture. You're fucking evil, I want you to recognize that I'm a proud monkey. You vandalized my perception, but can't take down from it. And this is more than confession. I mean, I might press the button just so you know my discretion. I'm caught in my feelings, I know that you feel it. So, that was a sort of selection of songs. From very good. To Pimp a Butterfly. Um, it's from, from the off, basically. I mean, it's very um, sort of jazz and soul influence yeah in, in the for most hip-hop releases especially mainstream ones at the moment you you, you can be pretty certain what it's going to sound like mm, but very yeah whereas yeah. this album i mean there's a whole different range of like musical influences and uh yeah it's a bit of a watershed moment for hip-hop really because uh all these producers are coming in and sort of working on kendrick's stuff and giving it this pretty varied sound i mean if you go back and listen to his first album it's it's fairly straightforward it's you know it is it's as you expect uh so it's pretty refreshing to yeah to listen and hear just a lot going on sonically yeah it's a, it's a, it's a diverse album i yeah. have to say from the songs I mean, i've listened to there's there's clips from each song i mean each song has its own merits so it, it's one of those albums it's definitely worth listening from end to end really. oh yeah rather yeah, than plays well. rather than it being a couple of singles here and there every single song has got some form of merit musically or story-wise because kendrick's he's big on his storytelling isn't he mm. here is you can definitely pick that up so it's worth particularly from the well. um the big single off it um king Kunza. yeah so that That's pretty much sums kindest. up musically it's great i mean that it's the funkiest bass line i've heard for a while it's, um it's a great single but like uh sort of narratively as well dealing with you know racial issues and stuff it's and, and his rise to his fame. career I mean, it, yeah it pretty details. much it pretty much encapsulates everything he likes to sing about and talk about so yeah. that i would yeah it's great single off the album um other other things going on throughout the album story wise i mean you've got a few different tracks about his sort of um, first love and things like that and yeah so it's it's just pretty interesting quite autobiographical at certain points not really as much as his first album but it's definitely it's definitely still a personal project of his which is it's good to see it's yeah it's it's been a pretty huge release really despite not really on the sort of the main radio stations we have here obviously radio one radio two is really fitting with what they play but it's still managed to get be a huge huge release definitely yeah which is is nice to hear it is good yeah i mean it's eagerly anticipated i didn't realize i've only recently become a fan of um kendrick lamar and uh i felt a bit cheeky really because uh I jumped in right at the opportunity. When it was right when his second album was coming out. It's been mm. a couple of years, and um, all this hype surrounding it, and I just sort of rocked up and was like, "Oh yeah, oh wow, I'm so excited!" Oh, I've this always album loved this I've guy. Yeah, known yeah. about for like a day, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's an excellent album. Definitely check it out uh, if you're into hip hop or looking to to give it a go. Broaden I mean, your horizons. Yeah, absolutely. All yeah, the way great. to Compton. And I. I <laughs> And I think that's that's what we'd probably quite like to do with this segment, really, in the future, isn't it? Is bring yeah, I think something a bit different each time. Put a couple of different things we've together. We've done two and, very different albums yeah. there, which we're both big fans of. So, so um, yeah, if you want to listen to any more of the songs, uh, check out our Spotify playlist. We're going to sort of compile all of a couple of songs from uh, each of the albums uh, as we record as the we podcast, along, and it will just it be available to listen to as one yeah single playlist. So check it out. Cool. Okay, so now on to the news. So this week, it was the general election for the United Kingdom. It's been quite a a big event, so we're going straight in. So David Cameron's Conservatives have won a majority. Stephen, what do you think of this? 
terrible. Yeah, shit. Well, that's about all we got time for for this, so let's wrap it up. Yes, thank you for listening to this uh, podcast, the first edition. Thank you very much. Um, Hope you've enjoyed it. Yes, coming up on the next podcast in a couple of weeks' time, we'll be discussing John Wick, Keanu Reeves' latest action flick. Yep, and we'll also be doing our in-depth discussion of Age of Ultron, all the sort of events that we've not talked about in this podcast so we've been dying to. Before you, you listen, you've got two weeks to go out there and watch the movie. Yeah, if you've not watched it by then, what are you doing? What are you doing? We will also be having um, sort of a mid-season roundup of Game of Thrones. Yeah, sort of discussion of how we think the season's going so far. For next time, we'll be five episodes out from season five, mm-hmm. so we'll be halfway through. And yeah, we'll see where things stand. Yeah, we'll also be doing another two albums reviewed for you. Pretty excited for that. I haven't uh, I haven't decided what I'm going to be. Don't tell them that, Stephen. We're too professionals. No, no, that's all right because it keeps us fun. It means we're spontaneous. Oh, we we don't even know what we're doing. We yet. don't know what we're doing. We're mavericks. We have no idea but what we're doing. Whatever we choose to do, we can assure you they'll be fantastic. Mm. Or not, if we decide to review them badly. Are we ever going to review a shit album? Probably not. No, hopefully not. I can't can't be bothered with that. So, uh, yeah, that and many more exciting things will be in store for you in the next couple of weeks. So, stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Bye.